Um, hi, everybody. Thank you to the sound man for getting that right. We didn't have time for a sound check this morning. And that was my fault because I was busy connecting and chatting. So thank you. Today we're going to look at the topic of influence. And um, as believers, you and I as followers of Christ, we are actually agents of change. Sounds very James Bond. We are agents of change. We are designed to be kingdom builders and kingdom bringers. We call to be people of influence. Now, influence really just means the capacity to have an effect on or to impact someone or something. And if we look at Genesis chapter 12, right in the beginning of the Bible where God is calling Abraham and he's saying to Abraham, I am choosing you and I'm going to make a people that will be my chosen people, special. I am going to use them to impact the people around them. When God is making this covenant with Abraham, we see that in Genesis 12. But in verse 3, he makes this statement. God says to Abraham, all the families on earth will be blessed through you. Are you getting this picture that God definitely wants to use his people to impact and affect the world that they live in? To bring blessing where they go. To know him and make him known. God's plan was always that God's people would be effective for him. The key to being effective or having influence for Christ is self-forgetfulness. The greatest key to being an effective disciple of Jesus Christ, to make him known, is to become self-forgetful. Stay with me. Martin Isles, Martin Isles is an Australian man. He's quite active on social media. I would call him the town crier of biblical values. He's incredibly unapologetic, very well-spoken, very much in love with Jesus. And he says self-forgetfulness is a great freedom. Work for and think on things that are greater than yourself. We are going to have a picture of a person who understood this concept very well. If you'll come with me to John chapter 3, if we go to verse 22, I'm going to read a portion of Scripture that references John the Baptist. John the Baptist, remember, his mom was pregnant while Mary was pregnant with Jesus, and he was raised with a knowledge of Jesus. He had his own ministry. And we'll pick it up in John 3, verse 22. It says, Then Jesus and his disciples left Jerusalem, and they went into the Judean countryside. Jesus spent some time with them there, baptizing people. At this time, John the Baptist was baptizing at Anon, near Salim, because there was plenty of water there. 
and people kept coming to him for baptism. This was before John was thrown into prison, obviously. A debate broke out between John's disciples and a certain Jew over ceremonial cleansing. So John's disciples came to him, to Jesus, and said, Rabbi, the man you met on the other side of the... Uh, sorry, they came to John, and they came to him and they said, Rabbi, the man you met on the other side of the Jordan River, the one you identified as the Messiah, is also baptizing people. And everybody's going to him instead of coming to us. And John replied, No one can receive anything unless God gives it from heaven. You yourselves know how plainly I told you I'm not the Messiah. I'm only here to prepare the way for him. It is the bridegroom who marries the bride, and the best man is simply glad to stand with him and hear his voice. Therefore, I'm filled with joy at his success. He must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. He's come from above and is greater than anyone else. We are of the earth, and we speak of earthly things, but he has come from heaven and is greater than anyone else. He testifies about what he has seen and heard, but how few believe what he tells them. Anyone who accepts his testimony can confirm that God is true, for he is sent by God. He speaks God's words, for God gave him the Spirit without limit. The Father loves his Son and has put everything in his hands. And anyone who believes in God's Son has eternal life. Anyone who doesn't obey the Son will never experience eternal life but remains under God. Here we see this picture of John the Baptist who actually was very unconcerned about his own reputation. And he didn't get rattled when some of the disciples came and they were like, hey, 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 something's going on on the other side of the Jordan. There's a guy there and he's also baptizing and you know, people that were coming to us and I'll go to him. John understood his place in Jesus' story. He did not protect his own ego. He pointed people to Jesus and he knew he was living for a greater purpose than his own self-satisfaction. And now, friends, it is sometimes hard to become self-forgetful <laughs> in a world that you and I live in because self-promotion, self-care, self-help, self-truth, self seems to be what it's all about. Well, Matt Walsh, another person that some of you younger people might know, he's an American who boldly stands for biblical truth and at times, quite offensively, I have to say, be bullied or dictated to by the culture of our day, by the woke ideology that is being embraced. So he stands very, very solidly on definitions like gender and other things that the Bible clearly gives us a definition on. And he says this, and I'd like you to give this some thought. He says, we are constantly, you and I in this day that we live, 
we're asking ourselves how we feel. And how we feel about how we feel. And how we feel about our feelings. Now, it's quite a bold statement because he goes on to say, it becomes this infinite regression. We can't get out of our own heads. We are circling the drain of our own egos. Wow, you can see why he gets under some people's noses. <laughs> but what he's saying there is if we make ourselves all that this life is about. Feelings are not wrong. That's not what he's saying. But if we become preoccupied with just ourselves, we circle the drain of our own ego. And it's always a regression. Look at history. Look at the civilizations that have fallen. So self-consciousness is what he's talking about. Self-awareness is a positive thing to know yourself, to understand yourself, your limits, what your boundaries are, to understand what makes you tick. That kind of self-awareness, friends, is a very positive and healthy thing. What we're talking about today is actually more than that. It's a self preoccupation. It's a self-obsession that our world feeds on. And this preoccupation turns into self-worship. We can so easily look at the Israelites and think they're so dense, they keep going back to carved idols. But friends, in our day, the real danger is the worship of self. And that's where self-consciousness and self-obsession takes us. So, to be self-centered is dangerous. But not only that, it makes us totally ineffective for Christ. Now, the greatest influence of our day I'm sure you'll agree with me. I mean, many people have had many, and the greatest influence for you and for myself is social media. So technology has developed so that social media, actually, it, um, it interferes with us, if I could use that word, because that word in its true form, we'll have a look at it now. Um, some of you might have known this week I was unwell for two days, and I'm a massive reader. Nick will tell you I always have books that I'm reading, and I didn't have a book to read. And so, of course, my brain was also a bit fuddled, and oh, I was just, you know, Facebook scrolling and Instagram, keeping myself busy. And so I'm talking from recent experience with no judgment. But this is what I've discovered, that... Social media really does get us very self-focused. By the end of those two days, I thought I needed, you know, new under-eye cream, new cushions for my couch. I, I needed a holiday. And, you know, the list is endless, so you get my point. But um, what social media does, it brings the sense of self and interferes with us constantly to pay self-attention. And it demands an interaction from us. 
You know, even if you think you're passively scrolling, you're actually not. And that response can be positive and negative, but you cannot just receive information neutrally. There's a response that, that has to happen. And so I sort of feel like sometimes um, this social media and the demand it makes on ourself, our sense of self, is one like um, being in the backseat of a car with a toddler that is not restrained in a car seat. You know, they interact with everything. They demand an interaction. They interfere with stuff that probably doesn't need interfering with. And you know, if you're a toddler, that's developmental and it's totally acceptable. But that is kind of the way that social media actually gets our attention and keeps us coming back to self-obsession, self-preoccupation, because it appeals to our feelings. And if we're honest, it also preys on our fears and our insecurities. And often the way or the solution that social media brings, the way you'll fix that, the way you'll feel better about that is you will purchase something. <laughs> That's how it works through any media. That you will be highlighted of the need or the lack in your life and then we have the solution. Like I say, you just need that Clarence under eye cream and you will look 30 again. <laughs> so this thing of being influenced by social media, I mean, you've heard of the influencers and they called that name for a very good reason because they are influenced by the people who pay them to put products out there and they leverage loyalty and trust of their followers to actually get them to buy certain products. So if we could say that this sense of self or our sense of self really gets quite badgered because essentially, because people and uh, companies are trying to sell us products, this lingering question stays underneath all of this, and it says, am I enough? Am I enough? Do I need, should I get, my friends have? So, friends, today, I just want to say, we have to acknowledge that our self-obsession of our day is a dangerous thing. And I'm hitting on it hard because I've felt God wants And it chips away and it can erode our satisfaction. The message from the world is you need more. Well, friends, our defense as believers, we are not victims. We do not need more. And our defense, I want to tell you this morning, is to be more God-aware. Number one, self-forgetful. Number two, God-aware. If you and I are going to influence the world as God created us to, we have to work at our God-awareness. Timothy, he was facing quite a pickle. He was a young man. He had been left by Paul. He's feeling insecure 
and there was opposition because of his youth, because he followed Paul, that was a bit of an issue for some people, and the gospel message was in itself an offense to some. So he was getting hit hard, you know, and Paul writes a letter to him to encourage him. And he states a few things, which we're going to look at, which helped Timothy to become more God-aware and forget himself. Are you following me? Let's go to 2 Timothy 1, verse 6. Timothy, in other words, is feeding, and well, Paul is actually feeding Timothy's God-awareness with this letter. He says, 2 Timothy, chapter 1. We'll start at verse 6 to 7. So he's told Timothy, I remember your genuine faith. Genuine faith. I know that the same faith continues in you. And this is why I'm reminding you to fan into flame the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. You've got to love it when your iPad goes to sleep. <laughs> Nick, won't you wake it up for me, please? Oh, there we go. There we go. <laughs> I've got the oldest one in the... In the house, <laughs> showing its edge, just sort of like dips out on me. Okay, so Nick, you can, sorry, it did come back, but if you can just, thank you. I shall carry on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't sorry. <laughs> so we see that what Paul is, is saying to Timothy is. You, you're not going to find this answer in yourself, Timothy. This is not the time for self-reflection. You have to become aware again. Thank you, Nick. Teamwork. You have to become aware again of who our God is. So the first thing he says is do not be intimidated. You do not need more, Timothy. You have everything that you need for this life. Why? Because God has placed his Holy Spirit within you. Fear, he says, God has not given us a spirit of fear. And then he goes on to, to name the things that will silence fear. He says, power, love, and self-discipline. And we're going to quickly look at those. Fear and control are usually linked. Have you noticed that in your life? The things we fear are very often the things we want to control, but are often outside of our control. And so what the Word is telling us today is that there is a thing out of God's control. So where it says God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, God awareness, God's power, God's power, it's his energy, it's his ability at work in us and through us. He is the power source, a supernatural divine power source. It's not within us, friends. He gives us his spirit. Power of mind, 
That's what God gives us. Power of mind. The Bible calls that wisdom. God gives us power of mind. Wisdom. God gives us power of will. That's called obedience. God gives us power. His authority rests on us. And his authority is released through us. When we stop and we become aware again of God's power, friends, a confidence rises up in us. Paul then goes on to say, God has also given us a spirit of love. Now, through Christ, you and I are connected to the source of love himself. We don't just experience love. We are actually born into love. God is love. And so we are connected to the very source of love, which is God himself. And he's perfect and complete. And because of that, the longings of our soul is satisfied. <laughs> we are loved to the core of our being for who we are. And friends, that gives us a rest and a peace that we will never find anywhere else. Our self-worth is determined by God. What a rest that gives me. We don't need man's approval. We're not hungry for likes. <laughs> We're confident because he set his love on us. And the best part is when we taste that love, when we are influenced by that kind of love, we are able to love in a way that is divine and reflects Christ. And lastly, self-discipline. Paul says to Timothy, God has given us the spirit of self-discipline. That's what the New Living Testament says. That's the passage of Scripture I'm reading out of that version. Friends, I have to keep myself. Self-discipline. This is where self is actually very positive. Self-discipline. God gives me the power to keep myself where I belong. <laughs> less. Less. To keep myself less. God gives me the power to do that. Self-discipline. I humble myself. The best fruit is born in the field of humility. The sweetest fruit we will ever harvest for Christ is born in the field of humility. God has given me the power to lay my life down for him. And friends, dependence on the Holy Spirit is a discipline. <laughs> because we live in this world of self, we just kind of want to make a plan. We just want to be the boss. We just want to get on with it. So it is a discipline to learn to walk in step, to defer to the Holy Spirit. That's the discipline. Disciplining self so that he can have his way. Dependence on the Holy Spirit that Paul is urging Timothy to remember. This dependence grows 
through intimacy. Through intimacy in the Word of God, in prayer, in His presence, in worshipping Him. That's where the intimacy of dependence grows. And so in conclusion today, friends, He must increase and increase. And I must decrease and decrease. He must be greater and greater. And I must be less and less. And we've chosen this morning to take some time in this meeting to practice our God awareness. And I want to encourage you to forget yourself. Forget yourself. And make much of Jesus and allow him to influence us today. He's possibly highlighted things for you. And I would encourage you as we worship to allow God to influence you and impact you so that you in turn would be the one who impacts those that need to know him to make Christ known to influence this world for him.